for listening to the Life Church Boise weekly podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. Thank you, Lord. How's everybody doing today? Happy, happy. Full of joy. Got the victory now. Hey, uh, you saw in our video... Uh, announcements earlier about the Get Acquainted Week for Life Bible College, and uh, I'm sure that made a lasting impression upon you. You have thought about nothing since, but just in case that's not true, let me remind you one more time uh, that we have this coming up uh, in just a week and a couple days, and it's on Tuesday, and it's on Thursday, and if you have even the slightest interest Uh, of checking out Life Bible College for next uh, semester, starting in September, uh, then you should come to that. You'll be able to get a a better uh, view of what really takes place. You'll be able to attend um, live classes and and a bunch of other stuff that's special for that week to help you get uh, in the know. And uh, so many lives have been impacted through uh, that ministry and have been... I hear some woos in the house and have been equipped and prepared and are now doing uh, things for God on a level they never could have if they hadn't um, uh, gone. So some of you might consider it. If you're thinking about it in just a little bit, come check it out and uh, it'll be worth your time. If not anything else, you'll get free stuff that night, free spiritual impartation. We won't give it all to you because we'll save that for the school year, but we'll give you a little bit. And just like Jesus said, a little dabble, do you, right? Or, or was that someone else that said, anyway. <laughs> uh, what we do have, though, uh, for now, just to give you some information about Get Acquainted Week, is we have these brochures, these flyers. Actually, the ushers have them in the aisles right now. If you would like one, just lift up your hand, and they'll send them down your way. And, uh, and if it's not, if it's, uh, you say, well, I don't really see myself doing that, but maybe you have someone that you know, friend, family member, uh, neighbor, that they would be interested. You could go ahead and grab one for them. They'd be invited, and all they need to do is, is show up and, and uh, have a great time next Tuesday, Thursday, uh, the whole week, or, you know, whatever part of it a person can attend uh, would be fantastic. Good, good? Everybody good? All right. Good. Uh, they'll, they'll be at the Welcome Center if anybody, I see, still see hands going up and, and uh, you know, ushers have a, carry a heavy load, <laughs> responsibility, and keeping everything in order. We got crazy people that come in here sometimes, but you'd never know it because those guys are so good. Uh, it, they'll be at the Welcome Center if you missed out on those and want to pick up those, pick those up later. Praise God. Ready for some word? Okay, if you brought your Bible, got your Bible apps, open those up, and uh, let me give you a few places to go, uh, and then we'll pray. 1 John chapter 5, Matthew chapter 9, and Mark chapter 9. If you've got at least three fingers, and you have a you know, good old-fashioned paper Bible like mine, you can st- put your fingers in those locations. And uh, let's take a moment and pray. Father, I thank you for the, the Spirit of God working now in the rest of our time together. 
Thank you for the manifestation of you, the glory of God. We believe and we thank you for moving and manifesting your glory and bringing your, making yourself real and known to us today so that we may walk in your ways. Give us eyes to see, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Now, uh, I want you to look at these verses. Uh, it's, it is of no coincidence that when uh, we put these verses up on the screen that they're just the reference, all right? Other parts of my message, you know, as we normally do, you get the whole text, and, uh, and you have to put no effort into reading those. But uh, I also uh, like to engage you in the process, okay? If you're here without any kind of Bible, you just listen real good. But uh, if you're a, a regular uh, attender and you, you participate with the uh, the teaching on a regular basis, you ought to look at these things for yourself. Um, it'll do you a lot of good to know where they are, to be able to write things down, because they really do impact our lives. And uh, have you ever wondered what determines your experience in life? Have you, have you wondered what, where the, where's the control switch? Uh, is, there, is there anything I, I can do about my experience, what happens to me, uh, about the blessings of God that flow to me or don't? Do I have anything to do with that? And, uh, and thank God we do. And I want to continue today uh, giving some of those answers. So let's read 1 John chapter 5. Notice with me in verse 4, it reads, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Now, you, you, you might recall that uh, the part of you that is a world overcomer is not necessarily your body. Your body gets to go along for the ride. But whatever is born of God is not speaking of being physically born, but it's speaking of the new birth, being born again. When you were, when you were made alive in Christ, if you have been, then your spirit has been made brand new, and your spiritual nature is now one of an overcoming nature, all right? You, you, you by, by nature of the new birth, are an overcomer. Um, but, but again, how many understand when you got saved, your body didn't get saved, per se. I mean, you get the first fruits of salvation, which is healing and all that kind of good stuff, but, but, but your body wasn't, wasn't transformed. Your spirit was. Your mind was still, for the most part, the same, but your spirit was made new. So when, it's, when the scriptures talk about us overcoming the world by faith, you know that's a spiritual activity. Your body doesn't overcome the world, and faith doesn't come from your body. Faith comes from your spirit. Yeah? And, and so it's important that we know that, that it is the inward man that believes. That's why this is what we're working on today. Uh, some might think, why, well, why would I go down there and spend an hour, hour and a half in church when I could go do something useful, like go, you know, I could go to the gym and work out and be in good shape and it will be more productive. No, only if you're ignorant would that be more productive. <laughs> I'm not saying that's not productive. It can be beneficial. Not more so, though. Okay, that person that would ever think that way or say that is ignorant of spiritual things. God works in us from the inside out. He works in you inwardly so that when you're changed inwardly, your outward circumstances begin to change. And if I'm just sitting around waiting for everything around me to become heavenly, uh, it's, I'm going to be waiting a while. Yeah? 
But I can change things inwardly today, and that will instantly start to produce change in my, in my life, in my circumstances, in my surroundings. Praise God. All right. Now, Matthew chapter 9. I want to read these verses again. Matthew chapter 9 uh, gives this account. We'll read part of it about when Jesus was ministering to the blind guys. Matthew 9, verse 28. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Why would Jesus ask that question? Because believing was essential to the outcome. It wasn't irrelevant. Someone said, Well, Jesus, you're going to do whatever you're going to do. No, not so. Well, whatever God wants to happen. No, not the case. Believing really was essential. And that's why Jesus asked him, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And, uh, and they said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. And so that language is, was pretty normal in Jesus' ministry. Where he said, according to your faith, not according to the will of God, not according to some other factor. He said, according to your faith, let it be to you. And, and so based on that principle, and if that were just one verse in a, in a gazillion, you know, you might want to uh, pause, even though it's still pretty clear, but, but it's not. But if that's the case, if that's how Jesus taught people how things work, then I should also be able to know that it is according to my faith what is unto me. It is according to your faith what is unto you. Yeah? You're getting what you believe, man. So I don't know if I like that. No, you do like that. The, <laughs> the reason you like that is because your beliefs are, are changeable. I'll come back to that. I don't want to tell you all the good stuff right up front. <laughs> but this is not a random outlying scripture. Jesus spoke this way all the time. Nowadays, it's very common in, in churches to just place an emphasis and, and speak consistently about the will of God. And whatever God wants to happen, whatever He, he wills to happen, uh, but that's not what Jesus emphasized. That wasn't His language to these blind guys or to a million other people. He kept pointing to what they believed. So there's a, a, a multitude of, of people today, a multitude of Christians, God-loving people, and they, their thought process, their, their, their stance is, is that whatever God wants to happen to me is going to happen independent of what I do or believe or say. It's just whatever he wants to happen there. And that's reinforced week after week after week after week, especially if something bad happens. Then it's going to try to explain mode, and ultimately there's no explanation except, well, it must have been God. And that's not what Jesus taught. He never taught that. Not once. But he consistently, again and again and again, used statements like this. Here you go, according to your faith. You got it. All right, go to Matthew chapter 9. Uh, Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. And, and, and let me reiterate this one more time for, with you. Or at least one more time. We've got more weeks coming. Uh, this is when the, the, 
the father had a, a, a father, not the father, a father had a son that was, ha, was having epileptic seizures and be, falling into the fire and the water, all this kind of stuff. And they said it was a, a, a demon. It was a mute spirit. And uh, verse 22, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. And he there is the demon. He said, but, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. What did the guy say? Jesus, if you can do anything, do it. Help us. Jesus said to him, verse 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So you see how Jesus didn't want to go down that discussion of my ability, of God's power. He put it right back on this guy and said, no, here's the issue here. This is what's going to solve this. If you can believe, you can have anything. Wow, that's quite a statement. Listen to this from the the New Living Translation. It reads, uh, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. And so, um, it's if you can, not if God can. We have, we've, got to, we've got to stop that type of thinking. There, there is no, in this understanding of the kingdom of God and how it works, there, there is no, I can't help it. Well, there's nothing I can do. I can't help it in this situation. That would be true unless you, uh, that would be true if you couldn't control what you believe. But the moment we discover that our beliefs are controllable, changeable, we, they can be enforced, Uh, then that opens up, according to Jesus now, all things. Because if I can believe something, I can have it, according to the Lord. Everybody okay? And so do you want better results in your life? Believe different. You saying something's wrong with what I believe? Only if you're not getting good results. Yeah. Same on me. If I'm, not getting the, if I'm not getting God-level results, my life doesn't reflect the promises and potential of God, what He said about me, then there's a believing issue. Yeah. You're attacking me. No, I'm helping. I'm totally helping. Uh, because we can uh, take these words and apply them to our, our lives. You see, faith is a decision. We decide to believe or we decide not to believe in any given situation. Yeah? Now, it's much easier if you've been eating right. I'm talking, I'm talking faith food. I'm talking what you dwell upon, what you meditate on, what you, what you, what you think about and, and let into your lives on a consistent basis. If you're hearing good things again and again and again, it will be easier for you to make a faith decision. In other words, I choose to believe. But if I starve my inward part, my inward man, if I'm starving myself and all I do is feed on the world and I feed off of circumstances and I arrive at my belief system from television or Hollywood or, or whatever, then when I go to make a faith decision, yeah, it's, it's tough because my faith is weak in that, in, that, in that area. Everybody with me? But if I'm feeding on the right thing, if I'm eating, if I'm focusing on the right area, then I can change my beliefs pretty easily. Yeah. 
And what I used to, how I used to respond to certain things happening, I can respond differently now. The end result is it is unto me according to what I believe. Yeah. So when, when, when people are saying things like, no, it's just all whatever God wants, it's all up to the will of God, would we say that concerning salvation? Would we say, well, you know, if you want to be saved, you can, but, you know, I mean, maybe you can. I don't really know. It's up to, it's up to whether God wants you to be or not. You know, would we, would we say that? Or would we say, no, put your faith in God. Would we say trust in, 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 in the Savior? Uh, and usually people, their heads are screwed on right in that area. It's like, yeah, no, that's up to us. That's up to me if I give my life to the Lord and receive salvation. That's not up to God. He wants me. But then every other part of life gets skewed and put in a different category. Yeah? Uh, you remember when Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. And he who, I don't know if you know that next word, believes. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. Isn't that amazing? Salvation, eternal life is hinging on what, what a person believes. Praise God. And so, in, in this regard, we, we recognize that Jesus didn't say, and whoever God wills to be saved will be. Whoever He wants to be in heaven will be. No, He just didn't teach that, didn't say that. But He did say, whoever believes. Amen. Yeah, whoever believes. It's pretty important to Him. Now, now, let me give you a couple other examples. Over in the book of Mark, chapter 5, there was a woman... There, some of you might be familiar with the story, who had this condition for a long time, many years, and she had this, it's called the issue of blood or the flow of blood, and, and she heard about Jesus, and, uh, and, and, and she began to say within herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And she repeated that again and again inside, and one day she went out and pushed through the crowd and reached out and grabbed the edge of Jesus' uh, garment, and the power of God flowed right into her. And set her free just like that. And if you recall the story, Jesus perceived it. And some of you know, know that the power of God can be perceived. And he felt the power of God go out of him. So he stopped and said, what's going on here? Who did this? All right. His disciples said, what are you talking about? People are touching you all over the place. They're bumping into you. And he recognized this was a different touch. This was a touch of faith. And the power of God literally was activated because she touched in faith. And uh, this is what he said, though. In Mark 5, 32, and he looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Do you see where Jesus put the credit here? Do you recognize that Jesus didn't say, daughter, I healed you. You recognize that Jesus didn't say, daughter, you know, God the Father, he healed you. you. This was your lucky day. You just happened to be in the right place at the right time under the spout where the glory comes out. And, and, uh, and it just all aligned perfectly. And you got healed. There's all quite a number of things he didn't say. But one thing he did say was, daughter, 
Your faith healed you. Now, now, why would he say that? Because it's true. Listen, she gets healed, and this whole thing is on display. There are people all around watching to see what's going to happen, what is he going to say, what's going to, how's this going to play out. Jesus knows. They are going, they are listening, and they were because it got recorded. They were listening to find out how this woman got healed. And Jesus did not mislead them. He did not skirt the issue. He said, your faith did this for you. Your faith healed you. Why are so many afraid to use that language today? We want to say, and again, hear what I'm saying. We want to say, God healed you. And to say God healed someone is obviously not a wrong statement, and it's not inappropriate, but sometimes it's not precise. Sometimes it's not accurate because it leaves others with the impression that he chose to heal this one and not this one. But the way Jesus explained it opened it up to the multitudes. He, God did not single out this woman for a special blessing that no one else could have. He said, look, your faith did this for you. But I tell you, in the, in the churchianity today... And, and where we're taught so many things and, and everyone's trying to explain why something doesn't work or why someone failed in an area, come up with all kinds of answers and then everything gets pointed back to God did it or God didn't do it. Right. And I understand this. We all know this. Without him, we can do nothing. He's the, he's the source of every blessing, of every good thing. I'm not implying Jesus is not teaching that we can on our own without him obtain a, just an amazing life. We were helpless without him. But he is a constant, and he is, you can count on him. And so he taught this again and again and again and again so people wouldn't make Job their model, so people wouldn't make Elisha their model, so people wouldn't make, he, again and again, he said, this is how it works. And people were healed and set free and received amazing deliverances and amazing blessings from God. And he would stop and say, You're, you, you believe that in. Your faith was right in this situation. It was, it was unto you according to your faith. And he set the record straight, and now we've thrown all that out again. I say we, in the world, people are so mixed up in their thinking, and they don't talk about faith anymore. They don't talk about the specifics of what they believe. They just talk about God did it or God didn't do it. Ah! Anybody feel that? What has your faith made you? It made her well. What is your faith? So, well, I don't know about that healing stuff, Pastor. I mean, that's done away with. Well, is faith done away with? Because that was what that was what got her 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 victory. I wouldn't say faith is done away. In uh, in Matthew fifteen, I'll read another one to you. Matthew 15, there was, a, there was a woman that had a, her child was uh, messed up, and uh, I'll just read the end of it. Matthew 15, 28, then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as, as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. See, Jesus did that again. Better watch out, Jesus. You're, you're, you're messing with people here. You're acting like their belief has something to do with it. 
No, he did that on purpose. He said, your, he said, woman, great is your faith. Another, another situation, uh, there was these lepers. Uh, leprosy was a big problem in that part of the world at that time. And uh, there was these 10 lepers. You may have read the story in Luke 17, 10 lepers. And, uh, and they got healed. They got cleansed. They got set free from their leprosy. And, and ten, he sent 10 of them away to go show themselves to the priest. That was their, what they needed to do. One of them came back to give thanks. Luke 17, 17. So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned uh, to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Look, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. So do you see this? Both, both in the same context. One came back to give glory to God. We always do that. He's, without him, nothing. But he, then he didn't go on. He didn't continue and say, because God healed you. He said, your faith made you well. Can you see this is not just a random thought? This is not something we're just pulling out of the corner of the Bible somewhere and, and we're trying to fit our theology and, and, and sneak a few verses in there. This is again and again and again and again the power of what you believe will change your life. And if we believe wrong things, we can change and believe right things because it will be unto us according to those beliefs. This is good news, guys. I tell you, our, our, the, the, it, we're, our future is wide open. The potential is high, sky high here because of this ability to believe. So Jesus kept doing this. Are you saying, Pastor, are you saying that, listen, stop now for a moment. I have really haven't hardly said anything. Mostly, Jesus is doing the talking. Huh? Am I not just elaborate? I'm, it's Jesus who is teaching this. Okay, uh, not just an opinion. Uh, what, we, what we should watch out for is to make sure our lack of understanding in any given circumstance doesn't shut down our ability to learn. Because we all know people or have had experiences that were less than perfect. Or we have loved ones that, that you know, suffered and maybe died early. Or we, we know situations that did not turn out well. And what, but the danger here is to make that circumstance your model of learning. A circumstance where you do not have all the facts and you never will. The secret thing belongs to the Lord. It's between him and them. Uh, if it's with you, then it's between you and the Lord and he can still teach you. But we don't want to make any failed experience or negative outcome our model for learning. Again, we don't have all the facts. We don't know everything that t transpired there. What, because what I need to do is go back to the Word and say, what did Jesus say clearly? Amen. Start there. Yeah, but what about, no, 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 no. What did Jesus say clearly? These aren't parables. These aren't uh, hidden mystery type scriptures. This is not the book of Revelation. There's no seals and and you know, dragons, and, and, and <laughs> this is just real life people who had real problems and how they got their answers. And then Jesus had to explain it. He didn't leave it a mystery. He said, this is how this happened. This is how this worked. This is why this worked here and it didn't work here. Huh? 
And he kept going back to this. It's what you believe. It's what you believe in this situation. It's what you believe in this, in this, in, in this circumstance. Praise God. Well, I had a, my, I had a loved one, and they, they were a person of great faith, and, and God never answered their prayer. Stop, 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 stop. Before you interpret that and set all of Jesus' words aside, there are things you don't know about it. Amen. They may have been a great person, loved God, had great commitment. Here's what, another thing we don't want to do. You know when the world talks about a person of faith? That's not what we're talking about. If you hear on the news or you hear some famous person, they say, they were a strong person of faith. That usually means they were religious. And that, I'm not saying they didn't have faith. I'm just saying that might have absolutely zero to do with true Bible faith. I'm a person of faith. That's not what we're talking about. What does a person believe in the middle of any given circumstance about God, about his word, about their future, about what they're to do, about what, huh? It's the very specifics, not this, not this, just this random, I'm a person of faith. What? You just believe stuff? I just believe stuff. You might be gullible as the day is long. You might be the most bound up religious person we've ever met too. I don't know what that means. We've got to get specific. You have a relationship with God. He has made promises to you. huh? And we have Jesus here explaining, this is how these things work. They're from the inside out. And your inward beliefs will change your outward circumstances. They will all day long. Jesus, in, over in the book of uh, John the 11th chapter, when his friend Lazarus had died, he, he, he said there, uh, he, he said there, did I, did I not say that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? If you, when, who would see the glory of God? Well, if you would believe, you would see it. So I'm not seeing some things I really want to see. Good news. You can believe. Your believing will produce seeing. Your seeing will not produce believing. We can live by sight all day long and never get to a position of faith where we can believe today. You know how a lot of times individuals will say, if they're going through a tough time, they'll tell everyone, pray for me. Right? I've got this thing going, got this tough time, just pray for me. Well, I wonder when I hear that kind of language. You know, obviously I'm a prayer. But is that what we want to say, just pray for me? Don't you want to know what that prayer believes? There's a whole bunch of people I would never ask them to pray for me. So what, why, why would you not do Because whatever's going to come out of their mouth is not going to be based in the Word of God. Because they don't even know Him or they don't know His Word. They're just, is it just a, a, again, a magical thing? Everybody pray for me and my life will be better. No, it won't. It'll be the same. Everybody okay? You're messing with my theology. There are reasons we have teaching and explanation because it's not just some, you know, uh, you know, incantation. Just say these things and poof. No, it is a heart belief. Jesus taught us Matthew 21, 22. He, he said, whatever you ask for in prayer, believing you will receive. Not just whatever you prayed. No, whatever you prayed, believing. Why throw that word in there? I guess it's possible to, quote, pray 
not believing. You could go through the religious motions of a prayer. You could even be sincere. But he didn't say whatever you pray sincerely. He said whatever you pray, believing. That means you have to go into the prayer with knowledge. You have to go into the prayer with knowledge of God's word, his promises. You have to know what, 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 how the system works. You have to know how, what governs, what laws govern these, these things from taking place and, and governs them happening. Amen. I'm, I'm impressed and amazed, even in recent months, just considering how much God has invested in belief. That, that what a person believes has such a huge impact upon their lives and even their eternity. You know that God tied up your eternity. This is forever in heaven or hell. He tied it to your belief. Religion wants to make it about a hundred things, but the Lord tied it to your belief. You, you remember Romans chapter 10 and uh, verse 9 says, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and what? Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. What's going to cause me to be saved? What I believe about Jesus and the resurrection. What do you mean? Wait, wait n- nothing else? No, just what you believe about him being raised from the dead. Well, what do I need to do? You need to believe that he was raised from the dead. But don't don't I need to go to a class? Don't I need to graduate from a program? Don't I need to, what? You want to add something else to that? I know, that's human nature. I've got to have a part to play in this. Certainly, I've got to earn this in some way. No, you just need to believe it. And God will count that to you as righteousness. He will count that to you for eternity because you chose to believe the right thing. It's amazing how much is connected to that. You, you remember John 3.16? That's a famous verse. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Whoso would what? Believe in him. They would do what? they would have everlasting life. Why do you get everlasting life? You believe in Jesus. I mean, the specifics of that are not just, hey, he was a man and, you know, or, or whatever. No, no, that he came and died for your sins and was raised from the dead. But your faith in that event, in that person, brings eternal life to you. This is no small thing. And if God tied eternal life, eternal life, to my believing then how much else did he tie to that? Um, everything. Um, all things are possible to him who believes. So if my belief is right, all things. Say, so what about that other scripture? You know, all things are possible with God. That's the reason all things are possible to him who believes. But if that's the sum total of your understanding that all things are possible with God, you're still messed up. Yeah, my God, he's awesome. He's powerful. He can do anything. Why doesn't he? How come he's not fixing things? Because there's the God side, what he can do, and that's what makes our faith soar. Then there's, there's, the, our, there's our side of this equation which is necessary. I must believe. You're saying if I don't believe, I'm not going to get what God wants me to have? 
Yes. I think I'm on pretty solid ground. You judge what I'm saying. You look at the Word. You read these things. I think I'm on pretty solid ground. Yeah. That's the way God operates. You know, the, you know the Scripture says it's impossible to please God without faith. We must believe, number one, that He is. Number two, that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. It's essential. Again and again. And if we were to just go through the Scripture and, took, and take a lot of time, you would find there is so much emphasis on believing the right thing. Believe, 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 believe. All day long, all aspects of our lives are tied to it in, and especially eternity. But yet, what, what, what do we hear so often? Well, it's all about the will of God. It's whatever God wants to do. Blah. <laughs> Well, pastor, that sounds disrespectful. No, I, listen, I, I value the word, the will of God. We could do a whole series on the will of God, and it would be awesome and be powerful. But if you were to compare the two, meaning the weight the, new, the Scripture gives to one versus the other, here's what the scale would do. Belief. Will, will of God, Belief. If you just look at it, you look at the, the preponderance of scriptures that again and again and again and again, you see the Lord talking about what we believe. And so this is why uh, I, I want to uh, put a lot of focus on this ourselves. We need to be mindful of, of, these, of these truths, of these, these principles. Um, let's work on what we believe. Yeah? And what I, what, do I mean, what I mean by that is not just from a, a, a theological base and having a solid theology. It, it is whatever we believe in various circumstances. If you're going through a difficult time, what do you believe about that? What do you believe God is? What do you believe God about that? What do you believe you're supposed to do? If you're being tempted, what do you believe about that? What do you believe is happening? What do you believe is the, 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 out, uh, or the, the way out? If you're, if you're attacked with a sickness or disease, what do you believe about that? What do you believe you ought to do? Yeah? What do you believe is, 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 is the word of the Lord to you? You believe something about it. Well, I believe in medicine. Well, then go for it. No condemnation. I'm just saying what you believe about it is going to drive your action. And in many circumstances, there's an opportunity to believe something better than the way that this world thinks. There's an opportunity to experience God. You all came to church today. What do you believe about it? What do you believe would happen? What's your belief system? What's the reason for being here? We sang, we lift our hands to heaven and give praise to God. What did you believe was supposed to happen when you did that? So what does that matter? It determines your experience. It determines the outcome. That's why one person can be, you know, dry as last year's bird's nest. <laughs> and another person is in the glory of God. Whew. They look the same. Same tune. But one person has something working in them. And they believe something. And it brings God onto the scene. I, I shared with you a few 
weeks ago, you know, about being baptized in water and how a person's belief will determine their experience when they do that. It's either a religious experience or they encounter a freeing experience with God. What's the difference? Water's the same. Motion is the same. Heart is different. And when you believe something right about whatever you're involved with in life, whatever situations you're dealing with, you have the ability to access God's provision and power and glory in that, in that area. Amen? Praise God. If this stirs questions in you, happy day. I have succeeded. One, because we're not finished. But two, I'm never going to answer every question about every circumstance. I don't think I could. But you have a relationship with God, and He will teach you His ways. And He'll teach you to walk with Him very closely and, 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 and access world-overcoming power on a, on a daily basis. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.